Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. What's up? What's happening? I'm Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. And the offseason football portion of the offseason is here, Logan. We finally <laughs> reached OTAs. No more drafts. No more. For, I mean, maybe some more free agency, but... Uh, the main focus now, what can they do on the field to set themselves up for training camp? Uh, by the way, something we'll talk about later in the show is training camp and specifically the joint practices announced. What are the benefits of those? Uh, we will talk about that later in the show. I will say we're recording this on Monday morning. Uh, and so if anything comes out of the NFL's owners meetings, we will talk about it. Uh, of course, I will talk about it on the radio, on the Hoffman show, four to seven on the team, 980 Monday through Friday. And if there's anything that's major, we will talk about it on Wednesday's pod, not expecting anything, uh, but just an update perhaps on maybe a timeline around the sale. But Logan, we're going to start with OTAs uh, on the field for the commanders before we get to kind of a larger discussion about the offseason program and how it's evolved over the years, kind of conversation you won't hear anywhere else. But for you, what's the biggest number one headline? Like you walk into the, the bubble or wherever they, you know, if they're practicing outside, wherever they're practicing later this week, what, where do your eyes go immediately? Yeah, so I think it just depends on who you are in the organization, you know, <clears throat> and what you're looking at. So I think if you're a scout, if you're a position coach, obviously it's like talent development and making sure your guys get conceptually what you're doing. You know, specifically the young guys like is Emmanuel Forbes the guy you thought he was? And I know this is OTAs. It's very early in the process. Like we've covered the team for a couple of years now. You for a longer time uh, when you're on the beat, obviously. Um, but like, you know, you want to make sure that that guy you spent the first round pick on is doing what they're supposed to do. Like I remember, uh, you know, Brandon Sheriff is a perfect example. I was here when they drafted him. And I remember in OTAs, you cut to see signs that he wasn't quite ready to play tackle. And I think that kind of started laying the foundation for him and his career saying, well, he's going to be an excellent guard. Um, and so I think that that's a big part of right now. I think if you're Eric Bieniemy, like you're trying to make sure that your installs are sequenced appropriately, that you are coaching it the way you want to coach it, the details there. And this is the foundational piece, right? you know, through the first little bit of OTAs, they start with day one install, like, you know, like phase one and two, they start with day one install, they work through, I think, like day seven or day eight, and they restart the installs. So you really want to make sure that this foundation of knowledge, if you're the offensive coordinator, is super dialed in. So I think it, it's it's obviously everyone's got different objectives. Um, yeah, I think for me, if I was going to when I go watch OTA practice, it's going to be, you know, how do the young guys look? 
I, I think the defense is going to look really sharp. And then, you know, how does EB look and how does that offense look and how does Sam Howell look in the context of the offense? Um, and those are kind of, to me, the big things that you, they're not definitively answered during OTAs, but the, the start of that is starting to be answered, I guess, if that makes sense. From my uh, media seat, here's the two that I want. I'll give you one on each side of the ball. One is what's the split of the quarterback reps? Sure. Are they getting Sam Howell? And this is just trying to put a finer point on the the very obviously uh, correct larger points that you just said, right? But if we're going to try to put a finer point on some things, what's the split of the quarterback reps? Are we having a true quarterback competition? Is this a you know 70-30 split? Is it a 50-50 split? Is it a 90-10 split with first team starters? How many of, is Howell getting? How many is Brissett getting? And you know, there's different ways you can do that, right? You can do... 100% Sam Howell one day, 100% Jacoby Brissett the next. Like you can just have them alternate being QB1. You can split the reps on any given day. You can, what I think they will likely do is split them like 70, 30, uh, or maybe even heavier towards Howell every day, unless he all of a sudden doesn't look very good. And then you start working Brissett in a little bit more because you're, you know, hedging your bet that Sam's not going to be the guy when you get to August and that you need to get Jacoby ready in this offense. Obviously, that's all part of the larger context of how's the offense being installed? How's Biennemi doing? You know, how is everyone coming along? But to me, like quarterback is the obvious biggest one because it always is. And how they split those reps is important. Uh, I'll let you respond to that real quick. Then I'll get to my my second one, my defensive one. Yeah, and I think that that's... Um... You know, that's important because it's it's not necessarily are they getting the same number of reps. It's how are they splitting the reps with the one group, which is kind of what you're alluding to there, just to kind right. of put a finer point on that. And because, I mean, I really do believe, like, in my heart of hearts, like, having been around for a while and been with veteran quarterbacks, like, Jacoby Brissett will probably look better earlier. I think he'll understand the offense better. I think he'll understand um, kind of what EB is looking for and will be a little bit easier to coach early on because he's just had more exposure NFL offenses. So I think he'll look better earlier. And if, and if they really want to give Sam Howell a fair shake, I think they need to be creative with the reps and make sure he's getting enough opportunity to really show he knows what's going on. You know, so I think that is a very compelling part of OTAs. Is it going to be definitively answered in OTAs? Probably not. But I think that it is definitely something that kind of starts to inform a perspective. You know, like one of the things I've you notice when you cover a team for a, for a while is that like coaches will say something and then the thing that is the most supportive of that is how they their actions on the field. And again, this is the first time you get to see the guys on the field in a while and get to see kind of how the coaches are executing this vision that they've been articulating. Because let's say, for example, they come out and Jacoby Brissett is taking, you know, 60% of the one reps. I think that informs a perspective. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think that informs a perspective. So this is a really cool opportunity, to, again, to see that that stuff. So. Yeah, definitely. My second one, my defensive one, if you will, is who shows up on the D line, specifically yeah, the edge players. Right. Yeah. Uh, Montez Sweat, and that's that's often the the sexiest headline this time of year is like so and so wants a new contract. Do they show up to the voluntary portion of OTAs? And you know, I, I think a couple of years ago, Jack Del Rio was pretty ticked when a couple of guys didn't show up. Um, you know, obviously we've seen it last year, Deron Payne. Uh, I mean, he showed up, but he, didn't he, he do came. A whole lot. He just didn't participate. Yeah, right. But I do think like that is significantly more important, or like that is a significant upgrade from not showing up at all. Right, like the yeah. gap between that and like 
you know, playing is like the, the playing stuff is kind of extra for a guy like Payne at this stage of his career. And I would say the same for Montez, but to be in the meetings and, and to be around and to watch your teammates practice and, you know, be able to watch whatever adjustments and coaching points, like dudes had enough physical reps in the NFL at this point. Sure. It maximizing to get better. Uh, he'd be out there, but he can get, I don't know. You, you tell me. 70, 80%, 90% of what he needs uh, at this point in the offseason just by being there. Um, these are not exactly full speed reps. Uh, so if, if you're just there in the meetings, like you can get most of what you need to get out of May and June. Um, Chase Young's a little bit different story, though. Um, and, and Chase, for a lot of reasons, from kind of adjusting to the speed of the game, starting at an OTA speed and then eventually a training camp speed, a preseason speed, a full, a full, uh, regular season speed. Like he needs to, to climb that ladder, um, gaining confidence of taking, you know, obviously not a lot of contact, uh, as, uh, Ron Rivera had too much contact last year. And that's why they have two less practices this year, but taking some amount of contact and, 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 you know, going through football movements when they get into drills and, and seeing things. And there's also like a leadership element too, right? If, if he's going to be like, oh yeah, I'm a leader on this football team. Okay. Well, you can't lead from California or Denver or wherever else. Like you kind of got to be there. And so if he's going to proclaim these things as part of his upcoming contract negotiations. There's got to be a bit of show me as well. So I, I think it's big for both those guys to be there. I think it's huge for Chase to participate and then for Montez, as long as he's around, like that's good enough for me. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're going to talk about this in more detail in a second, but I do think it's important that fans understand, like, this is not the OTAs of 10 years ago or 15 years ago. This is a really different environment, you know? So I do think to your point, like, how much are they actually getting out of being on the field? Probably not, definitely not as much as it once was, I'll say that. Um, and, you know, is that good or bad? Well, again, we'll talk about that more in more detail in a little bit. But I do think for a guy like Payne, for him just to show, or Montez, like Montez in this example, if he's just showing up, he's in meetings, he's doing the walkthroughs, he's doing, um, you know, the individual, Payne did all the individual last year. And then he would kind of pick days and do some team, he'll do like team run one day and then just kind of shut it down after that. Like there's a lot of value there. Just being around your teammates, being around the verbiage, being around what the the defensive vision is. And so I think that that's, that's extremely advantageous. And so I do think like as much as people were kind of poo-pooing Payne last year, I do think Payne did the right thing. He came to OTAs. He did the stuff he was supposed to do. And like, quite frankly, it's the, I've talked to a couple of my buddies around the league and like, they don't really care if guys participate in OTAs the same way they used to, right? Before it was like, oh my gosh, you're a bad guy. You don't, you know, it's, it's different now. So I agree I agree that like, um, so I think that's, that's a positive, right? So if Montez comes and is kind of on the sideline with his helmet off for most of it, but he's in the meetings, he's doing that stuff. I think good for, good for, good for Montez, right? If Chase doesn't come, I think if I'm Chase, if I'm his people, if I'm advising him, I, I kind of agree with you, Craig. I think he should be doing some stuff on the field as kind of a, a, like a sign of good faith. 
and B, just a good way to kind of get your mind back in football. Because, I mean, I think we both can agree, like when we watched him last year, he didn't look comfortable, you know, and, and it's hard coming off a very serious knee injury to be comfortable. And one of the things that, you know, like when I do a rehab or when I help with a rehab, it's just getting the athlete comfortable. And here is an environment where it's the, the contact is less, the speed is less, but it is mimicking football activities. And to me, as a rehab person, this is one of the best ways to kind of say, hey, man, your knee's fine, right? 100%. You don't need to, you don't need to take a thousand reps a day, take 10, 15 reps a day. Look, man, look at this cut you made. Look at this. Look at this, this stutter move you did on the bull, like all that stuff. And so I think it'd be great for him. Obviously, he's going to make his own decision. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he does. But I do think that's really compelling. And then in addition to the defensive line, I think the thing that I'm one of the things I'm most interested in is how they're going to kind of parcel out the reps in the secondary. Like what yeah. is like like in this dance of musical chairs, like how does it start at least? Because it doesn't how it starts isn't as important as how it finishes, but I want to see how they're using Quan. I want to see who the Buffalo nickel is. I want to see how they're using Jamin and um, uh, the guy from Seattle. What's his name? Oh, the, yeah. Uh, the guy that they signed. Yeah. Whatever Corey. Corey yeah. But anyway, Cody Barton. Cody Barton. Cody Barton. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, so, Cody. We'll get yes, your name. We promise. Yeah. But, but how they, but how they allocate that stuff, who's playing the post, who's playing the nickel. Cause I, I really think like if that group comes together, and is 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 better than kind of the sum of its parts, which I think an addition like Quan Martin allows you to do. Like this defense could be scary good, and I think this is the foundational piece for that. Oh, a hundred percent. This if this team's good this year, like obviously Sam will have to play at a certain level, or Jacoby's in. Like the quarterback play has to be can't be subpar. But if this if this team's like genuinely really good, it's because their defense is top five. Right. Um, and, and, and I this think is they have the pieces of, to get that yeah. done, like which is crazy. Yeah, I agree. I know I 100 percent agree, especially if Jamin is a lot, you know, starts at the Jamin he ended last year with and right. grows upon that, um, even maybe starts ahead of that because he's got another offseason under his belt. If Barton is a good player, obviously the D line and Chase is a huge part of that. Like if, if Chase comes to play as Chase bleeping young, like yeah. this defense could be scary. Um Along those lines, like kind of as a wrap up point to all those things, to the chase point, to the secondary point. By the way, who's starting? Uh, is it Forbes? Do they just go ahead and be like, yeah, yeah. we know that's how it's going to end. Go ahead and put them on the outside. Or do they kind of give the veteran hat tip to Kendall and, and BSJ and let those guys start on the outside? But in general, like unlike the NBA and basketball, right? Uh, or even baseball to an extent, like you can simulate the game pretty easily, right? Baseball, you can get in, in a cage and simulate live pitching. The hardest thing is like simulating fielding situations. Um, but like baseball is such an individualized sport. You can do the things you need to do. Mm -hmm. Guys play pickup all summer long in the NBA. There's incredible runs in yeah. Los Angeles and New York and Miami where like NBA players are playing not NBA caliber basketball, but pretty close to it all summer long in order to get ready for their seasons. You don't simulate football. Like, it's just not a thing. Like, you can do all the individual drills, and, like, you and I have both worked with NFL players in the offseason, like, trying to get them ready. You can you can simic or mimic a lot of movements. You can, you can mimic some conditioning type of situations. You can mimic a lot of stuff, but you can't simulate 11-on-11 11 11, what it's like when there's 21 other guys running around you. And you have 11-on-11 11 11 periods, and even to, you know, 7-on-7 seven seven is, is kind of a, a stepping stone to that. Uh, or, you know, whatever, your nine on sevens, all that stuff. 
you have those things in OTAs. And so for a guy like Chase specifically, getting out there and simulating that and not being on bags and cones, I think is an essential step in the rehab process. So I I think that actually transitions nicely to what we're going to talk about next. But um, to me, like that's why it's, you know, Chase and Montez, for instance, are in different ones and why for the defensive backs, like getting these reps in and and trying the different combinations now is essential because you've just got to try as much as you can in these extremely limited reps and give yourselves as coaches as much information as possible to decide, you know, whether it's a contract situation like Chase or who's going to be on the field in, in the defensive back situation. Yeah, and I'm really glad you brought that up because to me, <clears throat> when you're when you're tr- when you're training for football, it's more similar to MMA than it is to like another field sport. And what I mean by that is like you can't get out there and spar all the time. You just can't do it, right? So there, you got to kind of be creative in the off season about you know ramping intensities, working different stuff. And I, you know, I train uh, Morgan Moses, kind of help him out in the off season because he lives in the area still. And we do a lot of you know special strength exercises for offensive line. And it's, a, and it's a position on the field that really relies on that. And I was talking to Mo and he's like, man, I really love how this gets me in a good spot. But ultimately, like I go to OTAs to like fine tune the mechanism, right? Because you, you're lined up across from other guys. So it's like, am I oversetting? Like, how do I have to sit on my punch? And it's just, you can't, as much as you try to mimic that, it's always going to be kind of low definition compared to the high definition of even OTAs. So I do think that, um, you know, like to your point, it's, like this is while this is still it, this is not what it once was OTAs. It's still an important part of just kind of getting guys ready for training camp, getting them ready for this season, and um, and so yeah, I, I totally agree with that.